Welcome and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, the Vice President of Site Engagement for the Society. SCRS Talks is a program that allows our partners and those that we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share some exciting achievements, and learn more about our awesome community. Today, we're lucky to have Mark Blooming, the CEO, president, and founder of Headlands Research, here to share a bit about the Headlands network and its evolution, as well as advice for sites looking to join a network or market their site. Mark, thanks for being here. If you wouldn't mind, um, we'd love to hear an introduction from you. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for thank you for inviting me to talk, and thank you also for SCRS for all the great work that you do. Um, I, just to give a brief introduction to myself and Headlands, uh, I'm Mark Bloomley. I'm the CEO and founder of Headlands. Uh, Headlands was started over four years ago. Uh, my particular background has been, uh, I started my career in, in drug development. I actually worked for the head of research development at SmithKline Beecham. Subsequently started and ran um, orphan drug company called Hyperion Therapeutics. I really focused in the orphan drug phase in 2005. Uh, most importantly, uh, we got a drug approved, but also went public and, and was acquired uh, subsequently. Um, also ran a neuropathic pain company, took it through phase two and phase three trials in Australia uh, before going through an Australian stock exchange listing. So spent about 15 years of my life really focused on drug development. It's an area that I'm really passionate about and it's had a big influence on on Headland's formation and what we're trying to do. Subsequently started a big data company uh, using whole gene and whole exome sequencing and giving people insight about themselves, but also allowing them to contribute to research. Um, that company was subsequently acquired as well. And, and the, the combination of the two, really the work in drug development with technology and innovation and data has really led um, to the formation of Headlands. And Headlands is formed uh, around the belief of profoundly changing the clinical trial process. Uh, we started um, backed by private equity group, uh, KKR, which is a fantastic partner with us um, to really uh, try a different approach, try to expedite um, drug development by integrating one high quality work, but also technology innovation into diversity in trials. And the goal is really to enable us to, to get a better readout, to help expedite trials, um, whether it's towards approval of a compound or if it doesn't work for the next one up. And again, our, our focus is really on the patient and how do we uh, improve the process so that we have more fulsome trials in terms of a diverse representation, but we also expedite the process to enable great therapeutics to get out the population that needs them. Excellent, Mark. It, thank you for that. It's, it's awesome to hear, uh, A, a network that's been under leadership from an organization uh, and an individual that's, uh, have, has diverse experience right in the industry. I think that really does bring in a, a lot of value to how organizations are run um, and hear about uh, Headland's approach to clinical research and trying to do things a little bit differently, which is great. And we'll get into a little bit of that as we get through our questions here. So uh, thank you again for that introduction. But as you mentioned, uh, Headlands is an international integrated site network. You have sites all over the planet. You're uh, pretty pretty large. But how has Headlands really evolved into the organization that it is today, or or how has it grown? I guess into into what it is. Well, Headlands has grown in, in two ways. I think first of all, in in both ways, it's been a very thoughtful process. So from the start, we really wanted to to have a new uh, way of approaching clinical trials. And I mentioned some of the areas, and and we can potentially cover some of those later on in further detail. Uh, but we 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 
In one way that we grow is we by bringing on fantastic partners, and we do partner via acquisition, but it's a true partnership. We work with our sites. They keep their name. We really want to keep the unique characteristics of the site and add the resources that we as a network can bring on um, at our centralized service level. So it's a, it's a true partnership, and that's how we've engaged with all of our sites. That's how we want to move forward. People as everything in business, and people, in, particularly in clinical trials, are even more important. So we focus on the people number one. And so it is via growth, via um, partnership, which again, visas acquisition, but we also do de novos. I think we're the only group out there that does de novo sites as a network. Um, And we've done that uh, multiple times. And we've an exciting initiative that we've started with Pfizer, where we're actually partnering to create diversity focused clinical trial sites. And so it's an in-depth partnership from a financial and non-financial side to really move forward and 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 increase diverse representation of populations and trials. Um, we've opened our first site in Brownsville and we'll opening our second site later in the year and uh, we'll be announcing that in the coming weeks. That's great to hear, Mark. An interesting concept and one that's very, very modern, uh, going to emphasize your approach to changing how we do um, research. Can you talk a little bit about those um, those diverse focus sites? I guess just briefly what what their their model is, what their ethos is and what, what kind of drives them from uh, kind of headlands down? Yeah, so the, the diversity focus sites, and I will say diversity has been a focus since we were started four years ago. I know that there's been increased receptivity to the message, which we think is fantastic. I think any site that can increase diversity in trial is incredibly important, whatever that diversity is, whether it be ethnic diversity, be age diversity, uh, geographic diversity, all of these aspects are incredibly important. But it's been a core concept of what we've done both at our current sites as well as the the de novo sites that we're starting with Pfizer. But I'll, I'll focus the answer on the Pfizer question, but I think it permeates throughout the rest of our sites as well. And that is really putting pop, putting sites in locations. With Pfizer, we really target locations where they're not uh, a large number or any clinical trial sites or clinical trial site options in populations that are highly diverse. Um, and then it, it becomes the hard part, really getting out to the community, uh, espousing the importance of of clinical trials, working with local community groups, religious organizations, anything along the lines that can increase exposure and make people aware that clinical trials are an option, and then allowing them to potentially participate in the trials. So I think a key part of that is you have to be in a location where there is high diversity, and that's a key focus for everything we do on de novos with Pfizer. But you also have to do the hard work, which is rolling up your sleeves, engaging with the community, and really getting them involved. And it is a it is a process we've done at our acquired sites as well, um, but it's even more focused um, within the diversity uh, de novos. Interesting, Mark, and, and thanks for that explanation. Uh, I am encouraged to hear that there are sites being developed with diversity at their core, right? Uh, it's something that's kind of ingrained into their their foundations as opposed to what we're seeing a lot currently is um, sites trying to shift and adjust and change as a result of the, uh, like you said, increased emphasis on diversity in clinical trials. So um, that's excellent to hear uh, that that model is being implemented there. And, and you've got a great partner in Pfizer, I'm sure. Mark, how is running a site network different from an individual site? And talk a little bit about the the challenges, but also the benefits um, that that make up what being part of a network means. 
I think a big part of the network is about shared resources and collaboration. And I'll focus on both of those in turn. So shared resources in the sense that one thing we can do across all of our sites is I mentioned we we partner with sites and in that partnership, the sites do amazing work on a clinical level. But we can focus um, our centralized resources, whether it be business development, whether that be uh, finance, HR, legal, uh, really the support functions, technology that, that, that sites, it's very challenging to do on an individual site level. There are some sites that can do it that are larger, but many sites struggle, one with the, the understanding of each of these aspects. And, and the second is the resources to really implement them. There is a cost that's involved. Um, it's one we happily bear at the network level, but on an individual site level, it can be very challenging. And so I think a big part about a network, at least from the Headlands network perspective, is having these centralized services that we can share and collaborate with the sites, again, in a partnership, giving what they need and enabling them to continue to do the fantastic work that they're doing uh, with patients. And so one is would be, I said, is the centralized services. And the second is collaboration. And a nice part about, I think the most important about the Headlands Network is that we can collaborate and share best practices. We can share strategies from a therapeutic area perspective or others, or even within a given trial on what's working well and share that across the board. It also can be areas that we can improve uh, and work collaboratively amongst each other. So it is a benefit of having not being on your own in a soul um, in the woods, if you will, but really having a, a family and a community that can work together for the ultimate benefit, which is the patient. And so if we use that as our Northern Star, which it always is, a network really allows us to help from a centralization and collaboration approach to really do the best work that we can at all of our sites. Those are excellent benefits, Mark, and things that I would agree uh, and, and conceptualize myself, just bringing those up. But uh, talk a little bit about maybe not challenges, uh, but maybe perceived challenges that some sites or, or individuals pe or people that that are looking to get into this might come to you with or from a, in the form of a question uh, that, that they might perceive as being something that they would um, find challenging or maybe maybe lose. Right. I hear, for example, oftentimes um, that lack of the loss of autonomy or independence as a business owner or um, or someone getting into uh, an investigation getting into research. Uh, so maybe talk a little bit about perceived challenges and uh, how those are or are not addressed um, from the from at least the headlands model. Yeah, I mean, from the headlands perspective, again, we're a very um, highly autonomous uh, sites that work with us um, in our network. And again, they are wholly owned. They are part of headlands. I will say that there are other networks and groups that take a different approach. It's much more centralized for almost all of their resources. And you see that from how things are handled. And so there would be a considerable loss of autonomy, I would see and think in those types of networks. But we take in the approach and others have thought differently. And I think both have succeeded uh, to, to really have um, the sites take a lead in the clinical operations and we add resources. And again, it's a big focus. It's even the small things like keeping the name of the sites. Um, it shows just the degree to which we, we are a partnership and not uh, not an alternative mechanism. So the autonomy one, I think, is a real is a real issue for sites. Um, having sold two businesses myself, I know exactly what it's like to uh, to go into a partnership, and you really want to go with someone who has the ethos and philosophy that you're looking for. So for someone who's looking to potentially sell, I think it's figuring out what is what is it that you're looking for and which. Um, you know, which option may be best. And so in the case of Headlands, 
I think we provide a value proposition that's attractive, at least for me and, and what we think we're looking for. And again, find the right partner. I think your second question in terms of investigators, separate from the autonomy discussion, is uh, we focus quite a bit of our efforts on de novos, as I mentioned, and, and that often involves going to locations where we have to train investigators. So our chief medical officer is intimately involved in a training program where we're bringing new individuals, um, PIs, sub-Is, into the field um, that haven't previously been in clinical trials. And so we are developing them over a curriculum that we put together and really allowing them to titrate in and get the expertise they need to go to move forward. So that's how we handle it at a headlands level. It is a challenge. It does require resources. And it does require time and patience. But we've seen some fantastic investigators that have come through the process and they, they've done amazing work with the patients. And so I, I would say getting into the field is one, you wanna make sure you do it well, because we always have to focus on the patients and Headland's approached it from a very defined training mechanism that we've developed on our own. Excellent, Mark, that's, that's good to hear uh, positive aspects of potential challenges. So thank you for that. But what advice do you have for sites who might be interested in, in joining a network and how they might prepare for an acquisition or sale or, or something along those lines as they um, become part of that network? I think the first thing that, that sites could fo should focus on from a tactical perspective is, is making sure your financials are in order. Um, most site networks, I think all site networks use accrual accounting and the extent to which you can convert to accrual accounting goes a significant way to allowing um, a, a an acquisition, or in our case, a partnership, the acquisition to go forward. So I would highlight the financials. It can be a challenge to shift from cash to accrual accounting, but is one that I think that's highly valuable. Second is to make sure that, you know, obviously that you have quality and SOPs in place. That, and hopefully that's something that is not something that's changed for the acquisition process, but that is something we look intimately close. We take quality very seriously and have you know, moved away from several potential partnerships when we had concern about quality. Uh, the other thing I would focus on is is really uh, just making sure that the site is functionally as integrated as possible, that you are prepared for what will be a time commitment in terms of diligence questions. Um, it will distract a bit. Uh, we try to minimize that distraction as much as possible, but it is going to be at least a minor distraction from the core running of the business. So I think it's important to psychologically prepare yourself for you know, relatively short time period um, but one that will require additional effort to move forward. I think if you bring all of that together, it's the most important item. And I, the, the the last thing I would say is you really want to make sure the most important thing for me is actually none of the things I just mentioned, but really making sure that the ethos and mission and vision of the group that you're going with aligns with yours. Um, it should, from a network perspective, that is the first thing that we look at. From a selling perspective, I, you know, it, it's something that I would focus on first and then look at the more tactical items. Um, and it's something that I would make sure you're aligned because in our case, it is a true partnership and, and we want to be a partner with someone moving forward and have people believe in the same uh, mission and values that we do. I like the points about uh, differentiating, Mark, you did so nicely between sort of the the tactical, um, you know, hard and fast, qualitative, whatever you want to call them, things with the finance and things like that, but also the the more existential or cultural focused aspects and having an alignment really across the board there vertically um, with with all of those things is, is really important. So I appreciate the emphasis on those um, those different types of of considerations. How does your network um, approach 
diversity and equity and inclusion in clinical trials. You talked about specifically the network there, but maybe some more tactical or initiative focused types of things. Maybe talk a little bit about company culture uh, as some examples there that might make your site network a little bit different. So I think there's two ways to approach it, Jimmy. I think the, the first thing from, and I'll go from the, the site to the network. Um, in terms of initiatives that we do on the um, the diversity, it is core to what we've been our formation since 20, since our formation in 2019. And so it is it is the Pfizer initiative. That's the one I would point out the most where we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're focused in areas where there is high diverse populations. We're building sites. That's a long-term commitment. You aren't going to be profitable in these de novo sites. It takes year and a half to two years at least, and then it and it's a slow ramp up. So it shows a commitment really to make a difference. And I can't think of anything that's more profound than that. But I also would say it's an efforts reaching out at our, our existing sites, whether it's again reaching out to religious organizations within the community, community fairs, outreach, everything really focused to increase diversity and try to increase the number of people we can get from an ethnic perspective or, or an age perspective from diversity. And so it is not a one size fits all approach. Diversity needs to be tailored to the particular population you're looking at. And it needs to be consistently evolved because things will change, populations will change. It does not behoove itself to a cookie cutter approach. And I think anyone who lays that out, and I've seen a few people try to do that, I think they're mistaken. I think they're missing the main point that this is a complex issue and it requires different solutions for different populations and different geographies within those for those populations. And so very bespoke in that respect. I think across the company, diversity is one of the foremost, uh, foremost items that we focus with in Headlands ourselves from a diversity perspective. Our executive team is over 75, 80 percent. Um, uh, diverse, whether it be diverse by 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 gender, whether it's diversity by ethnicity across the board. And so we have really taken it um, internally, making sure that we have diversity of perspectives and representation within the executive team, but it goes all the way down to our site presidents and our site directors. And I think it needs to be up and down an organization if you're really going to achieve the benefits that we can for patients. Um, so we're excited about on the site level as well as across the headlands network more broadly. That focus on, I guess we'll call it putting your money where your mouth is, right? And and making sure that the organization's leadership from the top down starts to look diverse really goes to underlie the importance that the rest of the organization can can take and 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 it goes to emphasize i think a lot of the the points that you're making there and some of the initiatives and directives so it's great to hear that um that tactically right something that you're doing but that other organizations can focus on in in that aspect is is making sure that leadership and top down is is diverse if you're going to be pushing and supporting diversity um, amongst your sites and amongst your patients. Uh, so great, great point there and great takeaway, I think, for um, for those that are listening. Uh, Mark, we're, we're kind of getting to the end here, but what would you like to share with other SCRS member, member sites or what resources that SCRS has had and then brought to Headlands um, that have benefited your organization? Or I guess in, a, in addition to that, what would you like to see more of from from SCRS and, and the community that we've built? I think the first thing about the the, the take home message, if, if there's nothing else that, that, that people learn from this, I think it's just the importance of really focusing on patients. Um, patients are our northern star. How do we improve the process? Headlands was started and the real genesis was um, one of my first companies was an orphan drug company called Hyperion Therapeutics. 
and it was focused on urea cycle disorders. And in that case, every day that there wasn't a treatment was a day a child would either be severely disabled or die. And so in my perspective, we're really focused on doing well and doing good. Um, we really wanna have a, a strong impact on the community and how do we expedite that process? And that is really why Headlands was formed was to enable treatments, as I mentioned, to either be approved or next one up. And so for us, most profoundly, I think, and within the industry, I think we always need to remember and go back to the patient because they're why we're here and they're the real ones that will benefit from the great work we're doing. And I would say to your second question on SCRS, I think SCRS has done a fantastic job of creating a forum with really core resources for sites that are growing. And also the, the networking aspects and sharing community on, on, a, on a more smaller level than you, we have it in, in Headlands. But 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 I think it's very important. I and mean, the SVRS um, summit was highly valuable. We sent over 20 people within our within the Headlands and the sites more broadly um, to visit um, last month. And it was a tremendous success. They enjoyed meeting new people from other sites. They enjoyed sharing their um, expertise and they enjoyed learning and that's how it should always be and i also know many people with an organization that have listened to both the podcasts and specialized lectures along those lines and for smaller sites the resources that are more you know material based and the core items is also really helpful so i think SRS has done a fantastic job creating a community where people are focused and have a chance to share ideas and collaboration should always be something that SCRS continues to do moving forward. And I think it's been a benefit to us, but I think more broadly, it's been a benefit to the community. And again, tying it all up, it's a benefit to patients, which is why we're here. So I, I appreciate that the opportunity to talk with you and, and, and thank you for all the great work you do. Well, thank you, Mark, uh, much appreciated. And going to emphasize the value that that community, that sense of community, the collaboration, the breaking down some of the barriers that we had in place um, over the last few years has been uh, definitely a driving force for SCRS. So great to hear that that, is, that message is resounding with the sites. Again, thank you for being here with us today. Um, thank you for your thoughtful answers to our questions um, and, and looking forward to working long and continuously with Headlands Research. Thank you, Jimmy. Everyone, make sure that you register for upcoming summits like our European Site Solutions Summit being held November 14th and 15th in Lisbon, Portugal by visiting our summit page. While you're on our website, myscrs.org, check out our other SCRS publications built for the community in the publication section of that website. We appreciate your participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content coming out very soon. Thanks for listening.